Welcome to Stateside Spurs. We are back uh, with a late podcast this week, but a podcast um, that I'm kind of glad we're recording a, a day late uh, or a few days late because we get to uh, talk about the Champions League, draw it a little bit later as Austin's throwing hearts at me. Uh, Austin's joining me this evening, uh, hoping to get Chris in a little bit. Um, we're going to review the, the Tottenham uh, Wolves game on the weekend uh, and then jump into Collins cues and then fall uh, wrap this wrap this thing up with a nice um, preview of not enforced on the weekend so Austin um, since you're the only one here with me how you doing midweek I guess it's Friday tomorrow wow yeah um, not midweek end of the week uh, ready for the weekend ready to watch Tottenham yeah man it's been it's been a crazy week over here uh, school starting work is busy League is picking up, but um, very excited that we that we actually are recording late this week, as you mentioned, because we have fun stuff to talk about now. Yeah, so let's just jump into this Tottenham Wolves review. And doing this a couple of days late um, really kind of makes is, is so hard to go back and review games because uh, I just forget I forget things. But here are some notes that I did take down. Uh, Perisic takes the start at left wing back. Austin, were you surprised to see Perisic start at left wing back? No, I think I think we kind of called it. We said if if there was going to be a change, Perisic would be the one that we would see. Not because Sessegnon played poorly, just because Perisic has been growing into the side, and it'd be a good opportunity for him to start. So I don't think it's it was a necessarily a surprise. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I thought you know Chelsea is a tough match for Sessegnon. Playing at the Bridge is tough, but getting a chance to rotate, especially with the, the games coming um, thick and fast in the next couple of weeks and months right. before the World Cup. So that made sense. Uh, other than that, no changes. Romero was out, so Sanchez came in, slotted mm-hmm. at right center back. How did you feel like Sanchez did? Uh, what's, what is it, seven and a half hours now in the Premier League without conceding a goal when Davidson Sanchez <laughs> is, is in the team? It's, it's one of those weird stats where uh, correlation does not always, does not always mean causation. But in this case, I mean, he, he plays well. It, it, he he fills that role well. We play differently with him in the side, but he definitely feels more. It looks like he's more comfortable at right center back than playing in a pairing when yeah. he did under Mourinho or even under Pochettino. So um, he he seems like he's comfortable in that role for Conte. Do you feel like fans have this this sense of or this this view of Sanchez at this point in his career as a Tottenham player that? Um, he could have a great game, but if he makes one boneheaded mistake, kind of like he did uh, on that um, that ball over the top against Wolves, kind half. of screwed up into the first half. Do you feel like those types of things will always define him? Like he could play great 89 and a half minutes, but that one thing will cause Spurs fans to be like, well, he he was terrible. It, I don't know if this is soccer fans in general, but I know at least with Spurs fans, there's certain players that just get that type of treatment, right? Uh, you know, we, we've seen it with different players over the years. I'm not going to go through all of them. But, yeah, I, I definitely think Sanchez is someone that was put in positions by other managers that it didn't protect against his weaknesses. It didn't play to his strengths. And so his weaknesses were kind of shown a little bit more. And fans just take those few moments and blow those out of proportion as, as opposed to focusing on all of the strong moments. I mean, that's why you've seen so many polarizing reviews uh a ratings for him right some journalists gave him close to man of the match and some said he was pretty average um i i think i think you have to look at what within the context of what he's being asked to do how well is he playing 
yeah, that ball over the top in the end of the first half, he should have done better with. But overall, what he's being asked to do by Conte, he executes Conte's defensive game plan uh, very well. Yeah, Romero's definitely better moving forward. Uh, I do think Sanchez is, is is a fine backup as a right center back. I think that's it's more than fine. That's probably better than most teams have in the league as a backup oh, yeah. center back for three. So his strongest asset is one on one defending. Yeah. Not zonal player. marking, not you know um, doing like what Mourinho wanted him to do, sit deep and, and defend deep against three or four people around him. But if you put him on one on one one on one situations, he's yeah. I wouldn't say elite or world class, but he's very high level one on one because he has all the assets that you're not getting past him. He's very very fast, very quick, and he had a few good key sliding blocks uh, yeah. in that in that game against Wolves as well. So he's tall, I, he's I, long, he's I thought, strong. I thought yeah. all of our back line played well. I thought uh, as for the most part, uh, obviously Perisic was the standout in that, in that back five. Uh, we got we got to talk here now about um, Sun. Uh, this is. Third game in a row. Sonny has not been uh, on form. I know Bethany is in Don't tears. Talk about him like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe that's her golden boot winner with zero goals after three games. Uh, but just got to discuss uh, what's going on with Sonny. Is this one of those things you just got to let him play out of it? Um, obviously, we're going to have games coming, uh, three games in I think seven or eight days, um, you know, two games a week at least. Uh, starting up soon, so Sun's going to get natural rotation. But uh, this game on the weekend against Forest, is this a game where you would sit Sun and play with Charleston? I'm going to channel you, Colin. If you go back to the beginning of FY, uh, I was going to say FY, I'm in work mode uh, fiscal year. Uh, if you go back to the beginning of the calendar year, when Chris and I were saying, give Bergvine a start and sit Sun and give him some time, and you were the one that kept saying, you got to play Sun. He'll play himself in the form. You you got to keep if he's if he's healthy. You've got to play him because he's a game changer. And what happened? He had a few rough games, but Sun played himself into form, yeah. right? I think last season was a long season. He didn't get a lot of time off in the off season. I think he's gonna have to play himself in the form. Conte's not gonna sit him. He Conte Conte loves Kane and Sun so much and believes in them so much. He's not going to sit them. Yeah. And as you said. It, about games coming up thick and fast. We have Forrest, uh, West Ham, and uh, Fulham all in one week. But that starts a run when Champions League starts the beginning of September, where we basically play two games a week every week, except for the one week where there's the uh, international break. We're going to be playing a crap ton of games, and we can't afford to let him rest. He's going to have, even if we gave him a, a start off, he's going to play 30 minutes in the second half. So, He's just going to have to play himself into form, and I would not be someone that would bet against Sun to do so. Yeah, uh, if this was Kulazewski, um and this is Kulazewski starts the season for sure, I think uh, Conte would have already benched him probably uh, for the third game uh, to start with Charleston. But I think you're spot on. Conte is going to run Kane and Sun out there, um, at least if we have one game a week, if they're healthy. Uh, because he knows that these are types, these are world-class players, and when they, it'll click, it'll click. It looks like Sun's a little slow on the ball, uh, slowing attack down. His touch, not, not his, as touch is, his touch is a little uh, yeah. sloppy. And, and and you mentioned, you asked specifically about Forrest. I actually just think this is the perfect game for him to start, right? Because Forrest are a brave team, but are are also a relegation contender. This is the type of side where Sun may be able to snatch a goal or two. 
and yeah. get him. It, it only takes one, right? It takes one finish, and Sun's off and running, and he scores in buckets, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. If, if Sun can score um, this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets two or three. So. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> but. I Hey, Beth, are you a Sun fan? I had no idea. She she is. Uh, what's up, Chris? Well, uh, Chris, welcome. We're just we've we've talked about um, Sanchez, Parasic starting as a left wing back, um, and now we're talking about Sunny. Uh, basically, a Wolves a Wolves review. Uh, that's a tough word. Wolves. 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 Wolves, wolves review. <laughs> you sounded funny saying that, Sadie. <laughs> no, wolves. I don't like wolves. Wolves. Anyways. Um, Second Ted Lasso. Word become a sound again? Yeah. Uh, that first half was a, a first half to forget, honestly. It looks like I believe these stats are correct here. We had a .04 expected goals in the we first half. We had one half. shot on target. Um, and then Dr. Jekyll and um, Mr. Spurs. Mr. Spurs, second half, we come out with a 1.76 expected goal in the second half. Uh, what changes in the second half, Chris? How, what's Is it a Conte halftime talk? Is that what the team needs every week? Conte halftime talk. Um, but I argue that it wasn't a half to forget. It was a half to learn from. Because as much as we were, uh, as much as Wolves were the better team in that first half, we held our own and not playing well, but also not giving up a goal in that first half and learning from that is big. I still think games like that where we where we aren't the better team, but we still get the points are going to be crucial for us. And they're games that I'm used to Spurs capitulating, giving away an easy goal and then dropping points when you know not being able to rebound from playing poorly. And we rebounded perfectly. I think. Um, there was a, obviously a, a halftime talk that was had. Um, I think there were, I want to say they were like minor positional adjustments, minor directions that were given to players instead of, you know, playing this way, play that way. Instead of playing, instead of uh, let's push the ball through the middle, we need to focus more on the wing backs. I think there were just minor adjustments in the game plan made at the half that Conte said, you know, do this, do that motivate these guys and, and it showed in the second half we came out just looking much better so yeah yeah I'd, I'd put it up to that's the difference that having a coach like Conte is going to make yeah Austin um to, coming to you about this because I think that's Chris is a good point it's, it's important to get the three points the results uh, is what matters the performance uh, sometimes can't always um, match the result but if three points are three points however with that being said it's it's a risky thing to continue on this path you want to see the performances improve you want to see a team put 90 minutes together right austin absolutely and i think that's what conte is gonna gonna be preaching is consistency but what i want to you know actually add to what chris is saying is that i think what we're starting to see is conte's system is built to allow us to tread water there's not that much difference between how we perform first half against chelsea and how much how we perform first half against wolves the difference is Koulibaly scored a banger, a freak full volley banger off a corner, and Wolves didn't finish, right? But the performance was the same in the first half. We treaded water just the same. We did not. We, we allowed Chelsea two shots on target in the first half. They scored one of them. We allowed Wolves, I think, two or three shots on target in the first half. They didn't score them, um, or they at least were decent chances for Wolves. We treaded water in the first half of both those games, and we came out 
the stronger team of both halves, both games. I think this is a, a situation where Conte is going to be working on the team to start better, uh, start matches better. But the system that the players are used to playing and are ingrained in their heads, you know, we talk. I, if you've ever played competitive golf, the reason uh, coaches teach you to have a routine for every shot is when your swing isn't on that day, your routine keeps you centered and keeps your floor, your bottom of how bad you're going to play up higher, right? Conte's system gives us a floor that's higher. Even when we're not playing well, we're not going to be getting blown out. We're always going to be in the game, and he can always fix things at half or or get us going at halftime to get back in the game. So, you know, Chris says it's a half to to learn from. I think it's – we've seen three times this season already. Southampton, first 20 minutes of the Southampton game as well. We don't start well. But the system always keeps us in it and gives our players a belief that we always can get a result because the system is so tried and true and the players know it now. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think it's um, a mindset we're just not used to as Tottenham fans because no. we don't, you know, like we don't like to tread water. <laughs> it also helps that we, we didn't have tread the water players now to fit this system. Like yeah. we have more of the players to fit the system, whereas we didn't before. Like, that helps a lot. Well, just, we still have some scar tissue from Mourinho, right? Because we did nothing but tread water under Mourinho, and it eventually <laughs> broke. We eventually drowned, right? Um, and then with Pochettino, whenever we treaded water, we usually cracked as well um, because those systems just weren't built for that. But Conte's system is built to withstand, you know, if you're not playing well. The system, the team plays together so well. I was watching his – his, I have to finish it. He was watching. I was watching this masterclass uh, tactics thing he did for NBC, and he talks about specific spacing for players at all times and the team always playing together. And you see it out there. I mean, even when the even when the touches aren't there, the ball's not falling to you. You know, your finishing isn't there. That last pass isn't there. If you keep together as this team in the system, you're not going to let clear ch- clear cut chances happen a lot to score against you. And when your team believes in that, you're always in for a shout, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I thought that the performance as a whole, like I said, was not the best. Second half was good. Uh, but holding on to those one-goal uh, one leads, uh, withstanding the pressure, seeing Traore come on, anyone have uh, flashbacks to thinking maybe he could be our player in, uh, in seven weeks or seven days' time? We, we were cool. dominant in the second half. We were bad in the first half, but I thought we no, were. No, we were, we were dominant, dominant, yeah. Half. I yeah. did yeah. see Traore come on and, and – take that touch into the middle of the field and just just sprint and i was like i mean that's is it legal to have that much baby oil on you i feel like it's gotta be against the rules i i don't i there's no one i want to see i want the camera to catch him doing it they've already done that yeah you've never seen there's an image of like there's an oil guy at wolves watching like oil him up before games like is it like uh, watching an italian chef just constantly adding olive oil to the pan just pouring oil on this guy (laughs) and I didn't, what I didn't realize about Troy, and I don't want to trail off too much here, I didn't realize just how poorly his scoring, how poor his scoring record is. Like, I know it was bad. I've been trying to tell you all for like 16 goal half. contribution in 160 games or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like 16 goal contributions, not even yeah. goals. Yeah. In like 160 something appearances. Yeah. So it's, I don't oh, want God. him anywhere near Spurs. He's, he's abysmal. <laughs> he's roided Aaron Lennon. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, we're gonna move on to yep. Mark, Mark Let's move on. <laughs> um, poor guy, man, came to defend himself. 
Um, but I think he'll be just fine. He's yeah. crying into his millions of dollars. He'll be fine. For sure. Uh, let's go ahead and transition here to uh, what well, anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to the Wolves game. I mean, we just I mean we've mentioned it, but I mean Perisic is a game changer, man. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought there was that one time he cut in and uh, on his right and did not take the, take the shot, the yeah. and Conte was upset with him, and I was like, that was that was interesting. Uh, you'd expect him to take that shot, but I did think he was he was very very good on the left. Uh, and then re- when you saw them when they were getting Charo ready is when they brought Sessegnon and Sanchez. Well, and it, it's not it's not just his his quality, but his leadership and his like yeah, he brings so much leadership and control. Like every time he touches the ball, I just feel comfortable, and I think the players around him. Like, oh, Perisic has the ball. We're fine. We're, we're okay. Also, I think his no first goal in his first shirt, whatever it is, is going to be a banger. And I think it's the gonna crowd right is going to go absolutely nuts. On top of the box. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to – he adds so much of what Conte needs in a side, which is that veteran leadership on the pitch that brings calm and consistency. Conte always preaches consistency. And I think you're never going to see Perisic put in a bad performance, Right. And that's what you're going to get out of him. He'll he'll only be here for two years. He's going to be a Vanderbart, right? He'll be here for two years, and 18 months of that, he'll be a impact player for us. But he's going to be very important. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, last thing I would say, I thought both central central midfielders played as a whole for the game played pretty well. Um, yep. People calling for Basuma yep. to start. I think he'll get his time. Same with Skip yep. when he's healthy because the amount of games we have. But um, I thought both I thought Bentecourt had a great second half. Um, and so I have no issues with either of their performances. They did what they expect them to do, and their weaknesses are ex- exactly what I expect their weaknesses to be. So I think Hoybeer especially picked it up in the second half. Um, yeah, I thought that, that it, the engine he has is probably what Conte loves most about him. I think oh, yeah. In the 88th minute, he's like sprinting down and uh, has a little breakaway, but obviously he can't dribble, so he just dribbles out of bounds. But, Consistency uh, <laughs> of effort, right? Like he's all, like, yeah. You never have to worry about Hoybeer taking a minute off. We didn't talk about the goal, but I mean, again, Perisic on the goal, right? Yeah. Um, plus, the, you, have to, you have to credit this the, the set piece coach. I don't know who he is, but his bonus. Giovanna Vio. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Vio, Vio, Vio. Uh, Banker that, turned set piece coach. <laughs> so, um, like legit. I, I think he has like thirty three over thirty five hundred set play pieces offensive that he's he has. He scored his, on a set piece every every game so far this season. Yeah. Realizes, right. Uh, Pretty interesting. All right, so let's transition. It's now time for Collins' cues. Off we go. Today we are going to start with what I, uh, with the transfer window coming up to uh, coming to a close in about seven, a little less than seven days now. Um, I thought it would be fun to decide what what's the best Premier League transfer um, of the summer. So uh, you two will have to work together in the same fashion that we did as the best, the biggest Spurs transfer bust of the past decade, and you'll have to work together to decide. Who is the best Premier League transfer of the summer? Um, which means I'll give you two names. You'll choose the uh, the better of the transfer. That the one that you choose goes on to the next round. We'll go until we have a winner. Are you ready? Fair. Do you guys want to decide what the best transfer means, or 
safety. Because uh, Chris, are you are you thinking like for the money, or are you just thinking player that's going to improve the team the most? Right now, I'm going to say player who is improving a team outright. It doesn't matter the the. Now I'm going to tell the, you I'm going to tell you player and the amount. So are we only saying the amount is the tiebreaker if it's really close? Well, that's up the, to you the, guys. The, so that's what I'm yeah. asking, Chris. I'd say the tiebreaker is value for money. Okay. Okay. That, I'm I'm good with that. Cool, cool, cool. You guys so ready? It has to be like. Nail thin. Basically, yes. That. All right. Um, Brent, uh, Brendan Aronson or Tyler Adams. Brendan. Ar- did Aronson come in the summer? Or did he come last January? Came in the summer. Came in the summer. Okay. Or Brent, Tyler Adams. Or Tyler Adams. Both both have both play for Leeds. Uh, both are huge in the sense that one took Calvin Phillips' spot, the other one took Rafinha's spot, uh, and Leeds just crushed Chelsea three um, 0 I've got to say it, it's got to be Aronson for his pressing, right? Like that's so important for that for for Marsh's system. It's got to be Aronson. If you need and the Tyler price, I can tell you the against. I can tell you the price if you need the price. Let me know. Well, tell us the price. Twenty-two mil for Aronson, twenty mil for Tyler Adams. It's about the same price. Adams didn't even start against Chelsea. Yeah, he did. No, yeah, I was going to say he's the starter for them, right? He is, but he didn't start that match. I looked at the at the. I, I, unless unless I saw it wrong, I saw I looked at the match sheet. He came in on the second half. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'll pull this up. Uh, yeah, I could be wrong, but I well, thought I saw that he came here, in. Yeah. We we can actually we can shortcut this one honestly because I agree. I think it's Aronson. Out of his pressing two. ability, yeah. his energy, Adam, and yeah. different I, reasons, but I think it's Aronson. Adams did start. Uh, oh, okay, but I agree. I, I would say Aronson as well. Yeah. Although this is not my choice. All right, Aronson goes on. Um, Aronson or Koulibaly? Oof. Well, Koulibaly's cool already got a red card, very up and down, <laughs> and he plays for Chelsea, so my bias is starting to peak. You can't let your bias kick in on this one. You've got to. What, what was the price for Koulibaly? Thirty. That's a pretty good price for Koulibaly. Koulibaly's also thirty-one. Is he that old? Yeah, dude, he's not. He's thirty-one. Yeah. He's not. A, he's not a spring chicken. Um. I could see – here's the problem. So you also, I think, longevity, right? Like Aronson could be an important player don't, for don't make Don't make me give you guys a time clock for this. <laughs> We're going to try not to. We'll, we'll try and go as good as we can. I think Chelsea's defense is still crumbling, so I don't know if Koulibaly is going to make the same amount of difference for Chelsea that Aronson is making for Leeds. That's my argument. Koulibaly is good, but – I don't know if he makes the same amount of difference, right? But, I mean, Aaron so is changing that side. I'm sticking with Aronson just yeah. for the longevity side of it. He's a younger player with a tremendous upside. Um, you're going to get more from him in the long term. Koulibaly might be, end up being a bullet over a, or a band-aid over a bullet wound. And nothing else, Leeds might sell Aronson on for a bigger fee. For a nothing huge else. fee. All right. Yeah, so a- I'm going to stick with Aronson as well. Aronson uh, or Cucurella? Uh, this is one where I think the fee matters because Cucurella was like 60 mil, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was a stupid yeah. amount of money. For, for me, this, for me, for me, this Cucurella makes a difference for Chelsea, but at that price, Aronson is a steal compared to Cucurella. He's a steal, and I still stick again with Aronson because he's that. I think he's that important. 21 years the, old. He's the he's that important to the system that Leeds are building. Yeah. He's that he's crucial. Cucurella, if they found another player to fit that 
that wingback spot, two years. he'd be gone. They they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made that purchase if they could get somebody else. Aaronson, well, they, they have they have they had been Chilwell. They still brought in Cucurella. Yeah, the I fact mean, that that tells, should tell you everything you need to know right there. Right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Aaron, uh, Aronson or Raheem Sterling? Now, this is an interesting one. I say this is an interesting one because Chelsea still don't have a center striker. Still don't have a center forward, but Sterling is the only person in that whole entire attack that's doing anything for them. Um, and without Sterling, they would be even worse shape. Uh, man, this is tough. Chris, what are your thoughts? If we're going how important is the transfer, I still think Aronson is more important to... <laughs> is that a timer? Yes, he put us on a timer. Aronson, to me, is still more important to Leeds than I still think even with as good as Sterling is, they could get somebody else to fill that spot, and they have other wingers, right? I mean, they've got seven different – they're trying to sell their wingers because they have so many of them. So, I mean, they don't – Leeds doesn't have anybody that they can do what Aronson does. So, I think Aronson's – Chelsea is shopping Pulisic right now, so Aronson's still more to them. Yeah. All right, Aronson or Calvin Phillips. Well, Phillips hasn't even played a minute for City yet, has he? Calvin Phillips plays in a massive team that's full of other players, uh, many of whom could play the exact same position he has. Has he played yet? Aronson's still more important. I think he's going to the sub. So, but so so here's the thing about Phillips. He's the if if Rodri goes down, all they have is Calvin, Calvin Phillips. They have no other defensive midfielders. If uh, Aronson at goes this down, moment, I'm still that gonna whole play system Aronson down. because Phillips hasn't played yet. Okay, Aronson is. <laughs> Uh, Aronson or Perisic? Uh, this is one where I think the fee matters. <laughs> this is two where the fee matters. You already said that once. Or lack yeah, of I said it once. So I said it, this is it's like the seventh one. Right, sorry, uh, I'll, I'll reset the clock. Up. I, I think Perisic coming on a free and again his leadership and the quality he brings at the most important position for Conte's system. I almost would go Perisic here. Chris? I'm going to still stick Aronson, but I am going to say um, by the end of the season, given Perisic's, like you said, his leadership, he could become a very, very, very important transfer. Tiebreaker time. Tiebreaker goes to Bethany. Bethany, Aronson or Perisic? Perisic. Okay, she says Of Paris. course she's going Spurs. <laughs> like Dave, who does Perisic play for? Pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Perisic or Richarlison? Perisic for Chris, me. You go first. Perisic for me. Why? <laughs> Again, the leadership part of it. I mean, I we know a lot about what Richarlison's going to bring to the table, but the fact that Perisic could not only become an important left wing back for us, but also teach Sessignon how to do it and later on teach Destiny how to do it, Paris. My problem with that is Richarlison is going to be is the first time we've ever had a backup striker for Kane. Has a he's, he backs up Kane and Son. He was a big fee, but we're also probably going to make that same money back. I, I it's hard for me to believe that we don't make a good amount of that fee back. You can always take it. On. You can always take it to the tiebreaker. Five seconds. Uh, I'm going to have to send this to the tiebreaker because I am not comfortable agreeing on Parasitch here. All right, babe. Richarlison or Parasitch? Yeah, who's the you better? Know the who, is the, who is the better transfer? Perisic. All right, all right, I win. I accept the <laughs> Um, all right, Perisic or Darwin Nunez? Perisic. I'm not even gonna fucking talk about this. 
Yeah, Darwin no, Nunez I'm not going three more it. times this year. Uh, Parasitch or Holland? Uh, I mean, you've got to say Holland here. Yeah, at that point, you have to say Holland. Even though he cost like the, 50, the 50 mil he cost the GDP of Luxembourg, but uh, uh, Holland or Gabriel Jesus? Holland. Holland. Okay, all right. Holland is the best Premier League <laughs> transfer of the summer. Big surprise uh, until there. Until he blows his ACL in one. Is so. there anyone that you guys, that you thought like I missed that you think would contest with Holland? I feel like I, I covered all the big ones, threw some small mm-hmm. ones in there. It's hard to judge transfers till you've really seen For sure, what yeah, you yeah. got. Yeah. Like, I think there's somebody that's going to come along and, and be kind of a... Uh, I feel like there's a couple keepers that moved, right? Like, uh... Dean Henderson could be a huge transfer Henderson, for... Uh, Henderson oh, could be a big Portman? one, and then didn't um, can't think off the top of my head, but Dean Henderson was not the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, but no, I think I mean I mean Holland. If Holland stays healthy, he's gonna end up being in for the Golden Boot, in for the Player of the Year. I mean, Pep's been wanting a center forward like him for the entire time he's been at City. So yeah. All right, and my, uh, my next little phase here is going to be about the Champions League here. Collins Cues, we're going to discuss the Champions League draw happened today. I'm going to share a screen with you guys. Uh, this screen is the groups. Uh, what is this, the- a screen for ants? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to bring it up on my own. Or you can bring it up on your own. Yeah. I can, make it, I can make it bigger, but it might be a little uh, blurry. That's what she said. Anyways, uh, bring up on your own computer if you'd like. I was just trying to supply you with some information. And it's appreciated. But, it's appreciated. But, uh, <laughs> the effort is appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So here we have uh, the Champions League group. Um, Champions, League, Champions League groups. Uh, we're going to start with uh, picking the top two from each group. You don't have to pick an order, but which two teams will advance? I'm going to not, for the sake of time, we're just going to get, you're both going to get four groups to pick for me. Okay, so... I'm going to go random here. We're um, just picking top two. We're not picking your Just league. picking top two um, from each group. Babe, uh, who do you want to go first, Austin or Chris? Chris. All right, Chris. Yes. Group A. Uh, two teams in advance. Ajax and Napoli. Okay, Austin. Group B. Uh, why did my thing just... Mess up. Group B is the one with Porto, Atletico Madrid, Bayern Leverkusen, and Club Bruges. Uh, it's going to be Atletico and Porto. Okay. Group C, Chris. Fudge. Um, you get Group C. <laughs> Bayern and Inter. Oh. Wait, hey. are you saying Real's missing out? No, no Bayern Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Group Barcelona's gonna miss out. D, Austin, the Tottenham group. Group D. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be Spurs and it's gonna be Marseille. Okay. Um Chris, group E. Um Chelsea Milan. Okay. Group F, Austin. I'm gonna go Madrid and I'm gonna go Celtic. Uh, did you go Rangers, Chris, too? Uh, no. Ajax uh, and, 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 and Napoli. Okay. Oh, you said so Liverpool's going to go to Europa League? Yeah. Ooh. Group G. They're in shambles. Group G, Chris. Uh, City and Dortmund. 
Group H, Austin. PSG and Juventus. Okay. Uh, anything that stands out from what the other person predicted from either of one, either of y'all? I know Liverpool being left out is a pretty big call here. That is a very tough group. There's not a single easy game in that group. If Barcelona do miss out on the on the knockout stages for the second year in a row after the summer they just had, I am gonna get all of the popcorn ready for yeah. the drama that's gonna be happening at Camp Nou over the World Cup because. How many levers did they have to pull? <laughs> yeah, they're on their third or fourth lever to try and financially save that team. So. And if they miss out, I, they are so Champions League dependent, that club. If they miss out on the knockout stages. I would, uh, I, I, I'll just sit, go quickly and say where I disagree. I think Liverpool make it through. I think uh, Barcelona make it through. I think Frankfurt make it through uh, over Marseille. I think Marseille really uh, depended on some players they no longer have. I mean, all these teams did, right? Kostic was a, a Frankfurt player. Frankfurt are pretty bad. So um, my, my question for you then in Group C, if you think Barca makes it through, is who misses out? Enter. Yeah, it's enter. Yeah, yeah I, I think Italian football has kind of just fallen off a little bit, especially in, in I think Italian numbers. football's on the rise, man. I agree. I disagree there. I think uh, they're a strong league. They just don't get a lot of the marketing. I think well, they're I mean, stronger than, than Germany right now. How they performed in Europe over the past couple of years is, is not – I mean, Juventus has fallen off, and no one else has really taken that toll. I mean, Inter, uh, Inter was in a Europa League final two years ago. Oh, okay. Well, it's not Champions League. Frankfurt won the Europa League, you're saying. Well, England's been dominating Champions League for like four or five years now. So. And then Spain's been there, and Germany's made it to finals. and So I, the Italian League is the weakest in the Champions League over the past decade. Anyways, I can see. I know I picked uh, it's City not worth arguing, but Juventus had made it to to three finals in like five years. I'm pretty sure. So uh, before they fell off, they just lost them all. But I know I picked City and Dortmund in Group G. I could honestly see Sevilla surprising somebody and coming very close to advancing, if not advancing over Dortmund. I think it is just Dortmund might just be a little too strong at the end. My question, my counter question to you, Colin, is which group besides ours is the most fun to watch this? this? I, I have more questions. You hold your questions till after mine. Uh, you hold so. your questions. All right. This is questions my seven. fun cues. I'm the question master. You get no. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm okay. a lane switcher. All right. um, I'm going to look up some facts and, and I'll uh, just prove my point. We'll actually we'll, we'll take it to the judge a little bit later with Chris uh, to decide who's been the worst in the Champions League over the past decade. I think that um, Inter miss out. I think I agree though. The second the second team in Group D is it's a coin flip. I, I think Tottenham are, should definitely have this group. It could be any one of those other three clubs could make it out. And then I also think that. Interesting that you chose Celtic. I do like both Scottish clubs. I like Rangers, too, because that group's going to be so crazy, that group A. Um, I think anything could happen. Uh, Do you want to know why I picked Celtic? Why? Because Cross are going to be all over the place, (laughs) considering they they can't play in Ukraine. And Leipzig are kind of on a downswing. And I think... Are going to struggle this year. So Celtic well, I, have a good I chance asked, that they I get asked, a couple. Ajax also lost a lot of their players from last year. Yeah. A lot of their players. I, I um, think Celtic have an easier group than Rangers do, though. 
For sure. I'm just saying, I, yeah. having Liverpool miss out, I think, is very bold. Uh, I respect it. I mean, it would be interesting, but I see all four English teams advancing out of the groups. Um, okay. I was wrong earlier, by the way. Juventus made two out of three Europe, or Champions League finals, not three out of five. Two out of three. So, sorry. Yeah, my, my, my argument would be more than just one club. That's like saying the French League's good in the Champions well, League. Well, but you mentioned Juventus. So yeah, Juventus is good. They've been good in Champions League. Inter has not been. Inter have gotten the group of death like every single year they've been in Champions League. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Napoli has not been. Napoli get uh, Liverpool every year. AC Milan has not been. AC Milan haven't been in Champions League for a while. Roma, whoever the other fourth team has been. It's been a, it's been a mirage of teams. Um, who else has been there? I mean, I guess it could be... Uh, uh, it's been those it's been those clubs Inter Inter AC Juventus Roma and Napoli. They have five. Well, those five have kind of rotated. The, the oh, okay, the yeah, Roma's not in there. All right. Uh, next question: Group of Death. I think we all know the answer to this. Uh, but Chris, what's the Group of Death for you? I still think A for any yeah. of those teams. I mean, just that's my guess. Awesome. I think most people are going to say C because of the top three teams, but Pilsen's going to get destroyed by all those teams. So I get why Chris is saying A because I think that's the most evenly distributed group where Liverpool are not going to have an easy game. Ajax and Napoli both have a shot and Rangers could even sneak in there. I still think C is the group of death because I think Inter is better than, than some people are giving them credit for. I think Inter could get results against Barcelona and at home could get results against Bayern. And everyone's going to destroy Victoria in that. So, I mean, I'm probably going to lean C, but I get why someone would say A, because all four of those teams have a shot of getting out in A, which is not true for basically every other group except for maybe ours, where the other three teams all have a shot at second. Yeah, I think the group of deaths probably the group of death for all. Yeah, it's something A or C. I, I think that if Rangers and Napoli miss out, they wouldn't be heartbroken. But whoever misses out between Inter, Bayern, and Barcelona um, in that group, you're gonna I think feel like they only like, missed out because they grew that. They yeah. That group. So I think that's why I would probably go Group C because those three. And then who knows? I mean, if you're if you're Victoria, I can say that Plaisen. Sorry, the little ant picture. Sorry, C Pilsen. Uh, then obviously you're hoping to nick points. So whoever they nick points off is going to be a real issue as well. If, if they whoever sit, they nick points off is, is not getting through. Probably. Uh, so I think that's going to be very, very interesting as well. So thoughts, Chris, uh, how do you feel about our group? Uh, are you happy with the way it turned out? Um, I have to say I'm very, very happy with the way that the group turned out. I think it, I know there was mention of, of wanting a challenge somewhere in this group. I think Marseille is probably the biggest challenge, maybe sporting. Out of the teams that we have, I mean, I'm happy to not have a giant, another giant walking around in this group. Uh, I do think, however, it's kind of a trapdoor because, honestly, if we finish anywhere but top of the group, uh, there's going to be some questions raised. Um, Like, we we need to be top of this group. And just... There's a banana peel somewhere in there, a banana skin, and I'm that's what worries me. But overall, still happy. I, I'm yeah. glad to not be stuck, you know, in between Bayern and Inter or Barcelona or sitting in a group with City and Dortmund or something like that. I I don't want that group. I'm happy with the group we got. I think we did okay. Austin, I feel like you're pretty happy with this group. You know, I'm happy with this group because I think we are going to get challenged. 
away at Frankfurt and away at Marseille, those are some of the craziest fans in all of Europe. We are going to be in some hostile environments in those two matches. Um, and no one in this group's a pushover. We're going to have to show up and play well against all three teams. But we are the favorites. This team needs to learn how to play as being the favorites. We're going to be the favorites in every Premier League match we play in, save maybe five of the 38 matches, right? Like maybe both matches against City, both matches against Liverpool, and then maybe like we just played one away to Chelsea. I mean, we're going to be the favorites in the vast majority of the Premier League matches that we're going to be in and vast majority of cup matches. This team needs to learn how to play as the favorites and act like the favorites. And this Champions League group is going to force them to, to, to play that way against teams that are that are well-known teams in Europe. We're not going to have to go into crazy destinations. Honestly, I'm very, very excited for this group. Yeah, uh, I think it gives us a good chance. Like I said um, earlier in our group app was or WhatsApp was to it's going to give us a chance to rotate players and not feel the pressure to have to start um, Kane and Son in every Champions League match. The hope is that we can take care of business early, but we'll have to see. Uh, you know, you you would like to think that you could maybe start a mixture of uh, either Kane, Son, or Charleston, Kulazeski, or even Lucas um, if if there's a big game on the weekend like City or something. So I don't know when the schedule comes out, but uh, we play City right at the beginning of the Champions League rounds. I think it's after the first or second week because the way the Champions League is this year – it's very condensed because of the World Cup, right? Um, so we either will get two home games in the first three or two away games in the first three Champions League. And that's going to set up a very different scenario for how we rotate the squad. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would love to do a quick <laughs> prediction real quick. Sorry, Chris, uh, didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I'd love to pick yeah. who do we think the top goal scorer of the Champions League this year will be? Austin. Harry Kane. Wow, means we're going pretty. This means we're going pretty deep. Uh, Chris. Oh, gee, I'm just gonna go Kane. That's the easiest thing to do. That's. I was gonna say Holland or Kane, but I'm gonna pick my boy yeah, Kane. Yeah, I can see is, Holland doing it, but. I'm I, I'm predicting a banner year, a career year for Kane, career season in all aspects, and I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, okay. Uh, and then who do you think when who is who's in the finals? And or before we go to that. Based off of our predictions, do you feel confident or would you like to change your prediction knowing what the group is? What was my prediction? Uh, Your predictions were Austin had us in the quarterfinals. I had the semis. Chris had the quarters. Bethany had the semifinals. I would like to change mine to get to the semifinals simply because if we win our group, I think we're going to get a good round of 16 uh, matchup. And... So I feel more comfortable about us getting it at least to the quarters. Um, so you want to be more a little ambitious to go to the semis because yeah. you're more comfortable. Okay. Chris, do you want to stay quarters or semis? I'll let you change it this one time. I'm going to hold. All right. You're the only one going to quarterfinals here. Um, and then the last question is, who are the two teams in the finals? Who will be the two teams that will be playing in June? Um, is it June or May? Chris, let's go let Chris go first here. He just looks like he's staring at a team right now. No, I'm only staring because I started looking up uh, Victoria Pelagian. Like, <laughs> You're getting squirreled. It's May, it's May 28th, by the way, is the final. May that 28th. Entire club somehow, we're, somehow we're not extending into June, even though we have a World Cup in the middle of this season. I don't. What is this schedule? I don't oh, know. Sorry. 
it, everything's thrown off this season. By the way, the entire squad is worth $26 million. Oh, wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. It's June 10th. Sorry. Okay. Two teams, guys. Two you guys teams. are all over the place. Two teams. That I'm going to go. You can't pick Tottenham because you pick quarterfinals. I, honestly, I want to say Bayern and City. And then Bayern beat the crap out of City. All right, Austin. It's not going to be City. It's not going to be PSG because they always choke. Um, City did choke in the finals. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I think it will be. I think. I think Madrid's going to get there again. Uh, and think Ancelotti's going to work his magic again. Um, and I think. You know what, Colin? You said I. You said I could change my my prediction, right? Yeah, we're getting to the final. I'm just gonna just gonna go for it. Whatever. Oh boy. <laughs> Finals. Yes, I'm with you. I, I am putting. I could be wrong, but I'm putting Put everything happened. on Harry Kane having a career year, and he's gonna carry us this year. Ch- and if Champ- I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Champion- that's what I feel. Champions or finalist? Well, that's just that that, that that's an option from the list. So I want to give you the the if I just chose finalist and we won it, you would be so upset if I didn't ask you this question. So I have to give you the chance. If we get there, I feel like we're going to win it. But what? so I mean, I might I mean, as well predict that. OK, champions of Europe. <laughs> uh, just just a fun fact. I'm going to read back. Um, and if you have already re- read this or if you already know this from um, any sort of social media source, uh, then hold back and don't answer. Let the other person answer. I'm going to read back our last four Champions League groups. Oh, yeah, I watched. I, I looked at this earlier today. And No, uh, Chris, stop, stop. Chris, keep, quit scrolling. Put the hand off the mouse. Uh, and you're going to guess how many points we had in that group. I think I can remember. Cause I looked I'm going to ask Chris today. first, and then yeah, if you want to go second, you can. Chris, 2016-2017, our group was Monaco, Bayer Leverkusen, and CSK Moscow. How many points did we get? Nine? Awesome. Seven. Seven is correct. We got third I knew place. It wasn't, I knew it wasn't like a break. We third know. place. Two, we, two we wins we, and a draw. We lost both games to Monaco, beat Moscow twice, and it um, drew. That's the season Monaco got to the semifinal. 2017, 2017-2018, Tottenham, Real Madrid, <laughs> Borussia Dortmund, and Apoel? Aperol, Aperol Spritz. I remember this. <laughs> How many points? 2017, 18. Me or Chris? Chris. No, Chris. He knows. He saw it already. You get to to guess, then you get to follow up. Chris. I don't remember any of these. I'm just guessing. You can just guess. The the Uh, year that we played Real Madrid? I remember playing Real Madrid. I remember the games. I can't remember the points. Um, Madrid, Dortmund, Apoel. Nine? Austin, help him out. 16. 16, 16 points. We, po- oh. we, we drew beat. one game. We, we drew away to we drew uh no, we drew, drew away to Madrid, yeah. Madrid, I'm gonna Madrid, get yeah. all these wrong. I'm we just beat, like, we, we beat Madrid three one at home, right? Sixteen points, yes, three one at home. We I'm gonna get all of these wrong and I default. 2018, <laughs> 2019, Barcelona, Inter Milan, PSV Eindhoven. Chris. Twelve. Awesome. Eight. Chris, that was the Lucas Morris goal uh, to at take Barca. us at Barcelona. Eight points, tied Inter Milan, but advanced on, uh, I believe, cool difference. Head to head. Head to head. 
No, because we won one, lost one. I think it was goal differential head-to-head. It, it was away goals in the head-to-head, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last one, Chris. 2019-2020. Bayern, Tottenham, Olympiacos, and Red Star Belgrade. This one I actually don't remember as well. Eight. This was the Pochettino, famous Pochettino drubbing against Bayern at home. Ten? Ten points. Yep. Oh, we lost both to Bayern, but we didn't lose any other matches. Yeah, Bayern had 18 uh, points. We had 10. Olympiacos had four, and Red Star Belgrade had three. We actually kind of cruised through in second place, even though we got destroyed by mm-hmm. Bayern. Yeah. Well, Olympiacos and Red Star Belgrade. That's like a – those are – Did so, Mourinho take, take over for Red Star, he, or was that – He took over. He took over before both of those. Yeah. Well, he took over in the middle of it. So, all that being said, how many points will we get in this group, Chris? <laughs> I like the way you did that. <laughs> um, so what 16, all right. Austin? I actually think we'll probably get 14. I think we'll draw two games. I It'll think we'll draw either game. Marseille or Frankfurt away. And then we'll probably draw, like, final match day when we've already had it wrapped up. I think we'll get, like, 14. Okay. All right. <clears throat> That's going to wrap it up for Collins Q's. Uh, Champions League starts in a week and a half. That correct? Two weeks. A little less than two weeks, I believe. Mean, first week of September, after Labor Day, right? Yeah, it's sort of <clears> like the <throat> 6th and 7th. Yep. Yeah. Oh, last question. Sorry, I forgot. I didn't see this one uh, that I wrote down. Excuse me. Uh, I didn't see it. It's at the top. Uh, so together, I'll give you both a minute to discuss. Um, will Harry Kane go down as the greatest striker to ever play in the Premier League? He's uh, this. The goal he scored on Sunday against – Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Saturday against Wolves. Yeah, it was Saturday. It was 6.30 Saturday. Was so oh, yeah, the goal he scored on Saturday against Wolves uh, was his 250th goal for Spurs. <clears throat> that gives that's He's 16 goals away from Jimmy Greaves. His 185th Premier League goal. He's fourth all time. Uh, Rooney has 208. Um, so my next question after, is he the best? Will he go down as the greatest? Is will he catch Rooney this year? Austin, go first. So I answer both questions? Yes. So he's at 185. Yes. Will he catch Rooney this year in the Premier League? 208. 23 more goals. He's 23 more goals. He has two so far. This is good math. You're doing it. He needs 25 25 goals. I think he does catch Rooney this year. Because, I again, you're going to – I'm sticking to this. This is going to be his career year. So he's going to be pushing 30 goals this year. So I'm just going to stick with it. Um, so he catches Rooney this year and I honestly do think he goes down as the greatest premier striker, even if he doesn't get the goal record by the end of his career, I think he will be thought of because, uh, number one on that list is sharing him, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. 260, I think. It's sharing him, right? Is it sheer? Sheer. sheer. It's sheer. It's out sheer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's sheer. Yeah, it's sheer. Yeah, he won the one... The one he won the one league with Blackburn. That's the only trophy he really won. Um, I'm pretty sure. That's, that's the only time he won the league. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And Kane's gonna win something with Conte here. That I'm, I'm banking on this. I think Kane will go down just because his other part of his game of his his goal contributions. I think he will, and I think he has another five years in his legs before he leaves the Premier League. So, Chris. Uh, I think he goes down with an argument as the greatest striker to ever play. That's not an answer. No, it absolutely is. Because <laughs> as long as you, as long as he's in the league, 
there's always going to be people who say Harry Kane. If he doesn't somehow catch Shearer, um, there's always going to be people who say, oh, he was really good, but Shearer still has the goal scoring record. So can you really say he's like, there's always going to be an argument in order to really be considered the greatest ever. He's going to have to put to bed all other arguments. And honestly, how many years do you think he has left? So hold on, hold on. on. Does he catch Rooney? He'll catch Rooney. I think he will catch Rooney this this year. year. I agree with that. Yeah. And if he catch Rooney this year, and if he doesn't score the most goals in the premier league and he doesn't win anything with Tottenham, and does, is there still a chance Austin that goes down as the best ever to play? No, he either has to get the goal scoring record or win something with Tottenham. He has to right. do that. But but what my question was, if, if I think he has five more years, he's eighty. He's set. He's, he's seventy five goals away. That's that's that that's a lot of goals he has to score. But he is, except for last year, I mean, he scored twenty goals a year for dang near ten years. So he's going to get close this year. If he gets even close this year and uh, wins something with Tottenham, I think there'll be people like Chris said that will that will put yeah. him in that argument. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate it. That's going to wrap up Colin's cues. We're going to head to previewing uh, this Nottingham Forest game. Not going to spend too much time on the preview. I do want to show you guys both something real quick before we have to head out of here. Chris and Austin, I have created a spreadsheet. Uh it needs some work, but it's got the some good bones. Uh, I'm going to share this with you. I'm tracking our predictions for the season, um, including Bethany's prediction because she's in the lead. So match by match predictions. Uh, if you get the you result, a little bit. If you get, yeah. Hold on, man. Where's the freaking zoom here? Do you have a touch screen? No, this is my monitor. I'm not on a laptop, kid. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. There you go. Can you see? Yep. All right, so what I have here is result plus score. So if you get it perfectly spot on, that's three points. If you get the result plus the goal differential, as you can see, Bethany got that against Southampton. She predicted 3-0. We won by three, but it was 4-1. So she got the goal differential correct, um, however, not the score. Uh, So that's two points if you get the result correct. um, And neither, like we all did last week against Wolves, the goal differential. Um, Then you get one point. If you get it wrong, you get minus one points. Okay. So there's no zero. There's no zero. Pause ever negative. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't think it'd be very fun to do zeros. The minus one gives people a chance to catch up, right? Like you could have a four-point swing in a week, so. I like it. With that being said, Bethany is currently in the the lead with two points, and we are all tied with one point. Winning. (laughs) I'm winning. (laughs) So, Austin, um, we're going to preview Wolves, and then when Chris gets back, we'll do predictions. So I would love... Preview Sorry, preview for, yeah, I was reading the, the spreadsheet. Preview okay. Forest. 16 summer signings from Forest. It looks like Serge Aurier is on his way uh, to undergoing <laughs> a medical. So this would be the 17th signing of the summer. Uh, I watched. I actually watched the Forest game. I watched Forest and Everton this past weekend. So um, I, I tried to at least watch the newer teams, and I haven't seen them, especially before we played them. So I have an understanding of what we're walking into. Forest team uh, looks like a... a, a proper championship team that has just been promoted lots of energy not a lot of quality um that nigerian striker they had was not very clinical at all uh in the box but they pulled a result out so i'm not too concerned about this game <clears throat> they do have a, a good home stadium a good crowd but austin should we be concerned about this forest team is is this a could this be a, a the banana peel heading into what is going to be a very busy season 
it is away, and they're going to be up for it this early in the season. You know, you want to play the relegated teams away in the middle of the season when they're kind of treading water. But I think this Forest team is the exact type of team Conte wants to play against, right? They're they're going to be bold. They're, like you said, they're championship quality, but playing with tons of energy. I think there's going to be spaces to exploit. And I, I trust our defense. Um, we are the only club that have a, I put, believe this is true, we're the only club that have a lower XG against so far than we did last season. We haven't given up a single shot inside the, um, I think a single like high quality shot inside the box. Um, we, the two goals that were scored against us that were just inside the box weren't like deemed like clear cut chances. Um, we're not giving up a lot of clear cut chances. We've played, we've already played Chelsea. We've played some good teams. I trust our defense to keep a clean sheet. Um, and I think we're going to score. So, I mean, I think this could easily be like a three nil type result. Um, I'm not too, I don't want to jump to predictions, but I, I, I'm not too worried about this game because I think this is the perfect team for Conte to, kind of get us grooving under yeah i I agree i feel pretty confident in this game um not too worried about it i think they will come out ready to play calm uh just gotta slow the game down early on um let them get all their energy out and then take advantage of them be clinical when we have the opportunities i I agree as well but yeah i think sun will have a good game here um i think you could see like i said a goal or two from sun so let's just jump into predictions. Chris, if you see this spreadsheet here, uh, of basically there's a, a point system here to the right. Uh, result plus score, if you get that correct, it's three points. Result plus goal differential, uh, that would be two points. The re- just the result, that's one point. If you get it wrong, uh, that's minus one point. So Bethany is in the lead with two points. She will get to predict first. <gasps> Bethany? Two now. Hey, Austin, you uh, have phonetically correct. You're going to go next because you have an A before a C. Am I alphabetical? That's yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, alphabetically, correct. All right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a. I think we keep a clean sheet. Do we score two or three goals? I'm gonna go four nil. Two or three, and he four. Chris, yep. alphabetically, you're next. I'm going 3-0. Wow, that's all three we're keeping clean. 32-0, okay. I'm going to go 2-1. to 2-1. to um, I think it's going to be like a 2-0 game and they get one late or something. I don't know. I, that, I can see I, that. I just, I, I, just, I just see a home crowd. I don't, I don't know. I, don't really, I, th- I think I, we score early. I, I'm hoping we score early and take the crowd out of it a little bit. Um, but if, if we don't score early, I could see that happening. I, I think this will be fun to track because we can see how many times we predict ourselves to lose. <laughs> I don't think we do it very often. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I should have most of us should have picked a draw against Chelsea. That's but. that's true. It's it's the the pride that kills. But us. we're not going to lose a lot this season. That's that. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> Even last season, we yeah. lost. Like, we lost what eight games last season. Yeah, plus like conference league and stuff. I mean, this is not just Premier League. This is going to be for every game. So, ah. we will rev- uh, have a podcast before next week's midweek game against West Ham. It's a West Ham midweek, right? West Ham midweek. Yep. Yeah. And so then, we'll... uh, and then Fulham. Leicester. No, no, not Leicester. Fulham. It's Fulham. Fulham. Yeah. So uh, we will get that 
pod out early in the week so we can make sure we preview both games. Uh, be back with a new uh, edition of Collins Cues. Uh, and as always, Bethany. Can't top that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Solid. Yeah, let's go. I'll take it. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.